Our second scripture reading is found in Matthew chapter 28. I'll be reading verses 16 through 20 in what we call the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want to begin this morning with a question for you. Why do we behave and act the way we do? Don't answer out loud. Please, don't answer out loud. This is not confession time. This is not confession time. What, what is it, though, that motivates our actions? What is it that motivates our behavior specifically toward other people? maybe other people, other groups of people. Why do we say the things we say? Why do we exhibit the attitudes that we do? Those who study social sciences would say that it has everything to do with what is called a worldview. And so I would ask you to follow along this morning as we kind of unpack this word or this term or concept, worldview, with a goal of reaching our New Testament reading from Matthew today. So first of all, a very simple definition of worldview, a particular philosophy of life or conception of the world, the overall perspective from which one sees and interprets the world. For instance, I have broadened my worldview by experiencing a whole new culture. So the way that we look at those around us, things around us, the viewpoint that we have, what, what the experiences maybe that we have that shape how we look at things and people around us. And whether we realize it or not, we all have worldviews. We each have presuppositions that influence our outlook on life. A worldview has been compared to a lens which alters the way we view life and how we perceive the world we live in. A very simple illustration of this with a lens would be my glasses. Okay? I take my glasses off and all I see is blurry faces. Okay? That's my perception. I put my glasses on and, oh, maybe I'll take them off. No, no, just kidding, just kidding. I put my glasses on and everyone is clear to me. And so the perception, seeing the, what, the lens through which we see the world around us. Now, if I were to ask about the worldviews represented even in this gathering, even in this small sample size, we would discover that we have a variety of worldviews represented. And as we are prone to do as a society, we categorize. We love to categorize. We create categories for everything. 
So it should come as no surprise that attempts are made to categorize worldviews. I went online to try to get some contrasting uh, sets of worldviews, and the first place I went to was the website Rational Wiki, and it lists the following worldviews. One, naturalist, to include rationalist, humanist, evolutionary. Two, religious, to include Christian, creationist, intelligent design. Three, atheist, and four, nationalist. Those were the four worldviews that this particular website listed. Now, the website, allaboutworldview.org, and yes, there is a website called allaboutworldview.org, has another list, and this is coming from a Christian perspective, and it lists the following worldviews. Number one, Christian, of course. <laughs> Number two, Islamic. Number three, Marxism-Leninism. Number four, New Age. Number five, postmodern. Number six, secular humanism. Coming from a more formal ethical viewpoint, the website rebirthofreason.com or Martha's ethics class that she teaches online describes the four main worldviews as idealism, realism, pragmatism, and existentialism. Now, of course, as Christians, it is likely that we would focus upon whether we believe there is a Christian worldview that maybe transcends our other views. And I would guess that most everyone in the church would agree that yes, there is such a worldview. That there is in fact a Christian worldview. Yet another website, gotquestions.org, describes a Christian worldview in this way. A worldview refers to a comprehensive conception of the world from a specific standpoint. A Christian worldview, then, is a comprehensive conception of the world from a Christian standpoint. Hello. An individual's worldview is his big picture, a harmony of all the beliefs about the world. It is a way of understanding reality. One's worldview is the basis for making daily decisions and is therefore extremely important. And then the website gives the following example, a really good example. An apple sitting on a table is seen by several people. A botanist looking at the apple classifies it. An artist sees a still life and draws it. A grocer sees an asset and inventories it. A child sees lunch and eats it. How we look at any situation is influenced by how we look at the world at large. Every worldview... Christian and non-Christian deals with at least three questions, and this website gives these three questions. Number one, where did we come from and why are we here? Number two, what is wrong with the world? And number three, how can we fix it? Then it goes to give a Christian worldview answer to these three questions. Where did we come from? We are God's creation. Why are we here? We are designed to govern the world into fellowship with God. Number two, what is wrong with the world? We sinned against God and, in the words of the website, subjected the whole world to a curse. Okay? Number three, how can we fix it? God himself has redeemed the world through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, and will one day restore creation to its former perfect state. A Christian worldview leads us to believe in moral absolutes, miracles, 
human dignity, and the possibility of redemption. Now, there might be some things that I would quibble with in this description uh, of a Christian worldview, but as I tell my classes, if you don't like the theory that I present in class, then come up with your own theory, okay? And so, um, you know, for the most part, I, I would agree with this description, a very concise description of a Christian worldview. And so looking at that last question, how can we fix what is wrong with the world? What a loaded question. And depending on your worldview, there are various answers to that question. However, in the church, as Christians, as followers of Christ, I would hope our answer would be that Christ himself is the answer to what is wrong in the world. So as we ponder this question, how can we fix the world from a Christian worldview? Please understand, I'm not speaking of a religious worldview per se. Even though Christianity is considered a religion, when we talk about religiosity, there's a lot of baggage that goes with that. So I'm not talking about a religious worldview, but a Christian worldview. I'm not even talking about a biblical worldview. Now, I know that might sound heretical. Do not leave here saying the preacher doesn't believe in the Bible. Let me explain. There's a website from a very popular Christian apologist whose name everyone would immediately recognize, and this person equates a Christian worldview with a biblical worldview, and I find that is a very common thing to do. This person answers the question, what is a Christian worldview, by explaining what he considers a biblical worldview to be. A quote from the website, a biblical worldview is based on the infallible word of God. Word, word of God. No problem there. When you believe the Bible is entirely true, then you allow it to be the foundation of everything you say and do. Hear this again. When you believe the Bible is entirely true, then you allow it to be the foundation of everything you say and do. Now, folks, that might sound good to the Christian ears, but I just don't believe it. And I don't think you believe it, and I don't think the person that wrote it believes it. You see, even if we believe the Bible is entirely true, don't have a problem there. There are many passages and commands in the Bible that we simply do not consider in the foundation of everything we say and do. Nor should we. In fact, insisting that we do so, to me, makes a mockery of what we are really trying to get out and get at in this conversation this morning. For example, in Deuteronomy, go all through the Bible, Deuteronomy 22, Deuteronomy is part of the Bible, biblical. Deuteronomy 22.8, when you build a new house, you shall make a parapet for your roof that you not, may not bring the guilt of blood upon your house if anyone should fall from it. A parapet is like a retaining wall so that when someone is on your roof, reclining maybe, they won't accidentally fall off. Do you have a parapet on your roof? I don't have a parapet on my roof, okay? Peter, do you have a parapet on your roof? No. Peter, now, if we lived in Morocco, we would, but we don't have one here, okay? 
And it's not out of ignorance that we don't have one. We can read this directly from Scripture, and we can say, I choose not to do this, which is a command in Scripture. So I think we need to be very careful when we talk about a biblical worldview that is the foundation of everything we say and do because it's just not that. So I don't think that we can say with any kind of integrity that we equate a Christian worldview with a biblical worldview. We worship Jesus Christ. We don't worship the Bible. We follow Christ in our lives. We try to conform our lives to the teachings of Christ. We believe that Scripture in the Old Testament points us toward Christ. Scripture in the New Testament shows us the way Christ lives. It all centers around Christ. And so with that in mind, let us consider our passage from Matthew today that we call the Great Commission in the context of a Christian worldview. Jesus tells his early followers, and he tells us, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I like the way modern translators render the phrase, go therefore into as you go. As we go about our lives as followers of Christ, we are to be making disciples and teaching others about Christ. And so if we are to make disciples as we go, how does this jive with our other worldviews? We could ask this question about any worldview. We could, we could take any one of those listed or many others and line it up against a Christian worldview and say, you know, how do they, what is the comparison and contrast between the two? But I'm going to look at one in particular this morning, one worldview that we seem to hear a lot about today, both in the United States and around the world, and that is the worldview of nationalism. From yet another website, vocabulary.com defines nationalism in this way, and I will defer to Andy as to whether this is more or less accurate. Nationalism is the belief that your own country is better than all others. Sometimes nationalism makes people not want to work with other countries to solve shared problems. It is important not to confuse nationalism with patriotism. Patriotism is a healthy pride in your country that brings about feelings of loyalty and a desire to help other citizens. Nationalism is the belief that your country is superior without question or doubt. In some cases, nationalism can inspire people to break free of a foreign oppressor, as in the American Revolution. But nationalism can also lead a country to cut itself off from the rest of the world. I like the distinction between patriotism and nationalism. I'm all for patriotism and having pride in one's country. However, I just don't think a nationalistic worldview is compatible with a Christian worldview. Listen to these characteristics and try to reconcile them 
with what you know about Christ and the way he lived his life. A view that our culture and our interests are superior to all others. A view that we as a country are to cut ourselves off from the rest of the world. A view that our country goes it alone, if you will, and lets everyone else fend for themselves. A view at its extreme that would seek to isolate our country and our borders from the rest of the world. We see this mindset or this worldview not only in our own country, but also in other countries, especially in Europe. And the more I think about it, I cannot reconcile this worldview to a Christian worldview. Just think about it. As we go, as we go and make disciples and teach about Christ to everyone, to all nations, I want to read to you a passage from John chapter 4. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. And so who is this woman to whom they refer? We call her the woman at the well. She is the woman who was in Samaria getting water when Jesus, on his way from Jerusalem to Galilee, met her. And the significance is that Jesus went through Samaria, not around it. You see, the Jews took the longer route around Samaria because of their hatred for the Samaritans. But Jesus, on his way, as he went, deliberately chose to go through this area and encounter this woman. I would guess that the woman at the well and the many Samaritans who believed over the next couple of days would have been very glad that Jesus did not allow a nationalistic worldview to direct his path. The question is, do we allow it to direct our paths today? Jesus said, as you go, make disciples and teach others about me. It's kind of hard to do that if we close ourselves off to everybody else. I began with a question, I'll end with one. What's your worldview? And maybe more importantly, as a believer, how does it compare with a Christian worldview? Let's pray. God, our Father, we readily admit that we oftentimes...